John chapter 15 this morning. Abiding in Christ is, is kind of the overarching or overall theme here. Uh, this morning we're going to be talking a little bit about purging and uh, what that means in our lives uh, to some extent, at least a little bit this morning. But we'll begin reading in verse 1, read down through verse 8. I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me... He is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to gather together here today, and we, we do thank you for each one that's been able to be here today. And Lord, we just ask that you would uh, touch their hearts. Lord, in a special way, I pray, Lord, that they would uh, gain something from your word this morning that would be an encouragement and help to them. And Father, I just pray that you would challenge each one of us to walk closer to you today. And Father, now bless your word as it goes forth. In Jesus' name, amen. So for a Christian to bear fruit, or to bear more fruit, as verse 2 says, every branch of me that uh, beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But we're going to focus kind of on the latter part of that verse. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. And so for a Christian to bring forth more fruit, we must be willing to accept the master's purging. Um, no one ever wants purging. But everyone wants fruit. Uh, and everyone wants more fruit. And they want the abundant blessings. Uh, yet purging is necessary part of the fruit-bearing process. Um, it, it's very necessary uh, nearly everyone in here probably has a favorite fruit. I, I know I have one. I enjoy apples. Uh, they're delicious. Does everybody have a favorite fruit? You guys look half dead this morning. There, there's a couple hands. All right. So and you guys all know how to get the fruit, right? Go to the grocery store. You grab that fruit. You pick it up. And you, you buy it. You take it home. And you eat it. Uh, fruit doesn't just appear at the grocery store, though. There's a process that takes place. Uh, there's a planting, there's a watering, uh, there's cultivating and growing and harvesting and even transporting it to that grocery store. So you get, there's a whole process that takes place to get that uh, fruit into your hands or onto the shelf so that you can purchase. And it's very similar in the Christian life. If we want to bear fruit, there's a process that needs to take place. Uh, fruit doesn't just appear in the Christian life. Not when we talk about the more fruit and the much fruit. Uh, when God begins to, to work in our lives. And uh, if a child of God is going to bear spiritual fruit, uh, we must willingly endure purging or this growth process so, or, or the rigors of growth. And so this morning we're going to talk primarily about the rigors of purging. And Webster's 1828 defines purging as a cleansing, a purifying, carrying off impurities, or superfluous matter. And uh, I couldn't help but notice as I looked that verse up in Webster's 1828, there were two definitions. And I'll share the second definition. Purging. It's an, uh, a diarrhea or dysentery. 
preternatural evacuation by stool, looseness of bowels. And I know most of you are probably more mature than me. And if you were studying and you came across that, you wouldn't have said anything in Sunday school. But it's me up here this morning, so... um, I haven't mentioned any bodily functions lately, so I couldn't help but bring it up. It was in there. But the idea here, no doubt, is when we talk about uh, Christ being the true vine and the Father is the husbandman, it's talking about a pruning. And there's a lot of reasons why you might prune, whether there's decay to shape, to form, to trim, and, and to get those things. And the ultimate goal of all of it, though, of the idea of purging, is that it would bring forth more fruit. And no matter, even though you have to cut things away, it's for the good of the branch. Uh, It might be difficult. It might be painful in our lives when the husbandman, when the father decides that he needs to begin cutting away at our lives. But don't ever forget, it's for your good. And so I I think it's interesting in our text that God uses the vine. Um, He could have chosen... Any other way, I mean, he's God. He could have done whatever he wanted. But to illustrate this truth, he chooses this vine. And uh, Christ is the vine and we are the branches. Have you ever observed a grapevine? So a couple, I, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, I mentioned I had grapes in my yard. I was educated. I don't have grapes in my yard. They're Carolina creepers, I think. Virginia creepers. Virginia and I guess they'll, they're not good for you. You might get some purging if you eat them. I don't know. Um, but, but nonetheless, it's a vine. And so vines often stay taut, and, but branches like to run out. All those branches off that, we have this main vine uh, that comes up from the ground. It's really a, lar- a larger stump-looking thing. Uh, but the branches are just kind of wild. The shooters like to sprout out. They have a mind of their own. Uh, we're the branches. We're these shooters. Uh, they, they like their freedom. They want to do what they want to do. Uh, they sometimes anchor into wasteful soil. Sometimes they run into areas where they should not be. Uh, and there is a husbandman that needs to prune those branches and work on those branches. Uh, so that's you and I. Sometimes we just want to do our own thing. We want to branch out and we want to, we want to set root into some poor soil and those kind of things. Uh, we are prone to want or wanting to do our own will, ready to do what we want. I don't think there's anybody in this room, if you're honest with yourself, oftentimes you just wake up and you just want to do whatever you want. But that's not acceptable as God's people, as branches in the vine. Uh, Jesus is the vine and God is the husbandman. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. His gentle hands prune and purge areas of our lives that have gone astray. Sometimes we get secret areas. You know, we, we give God the major parts of the house, but there's these closet areas that we don't want God to have. Uh, God wants all of it. So he, he wants to dress us. So don't forget God is the husbandman. He's sovereign. The reality is he can do whatever he wants. And so we ought to just understand that and recognize that and just submit straight out. But we're stubborn and we don't do that. Uh, If you're going to bear fruit, there will be a purging that's orchestrated by the Heavenly Father. Uh, God's going to want to do some things in your life from time to time. uh, And He's going to prune some things out of your life. It's not always pleasant. uh, Nor is it always at the time that we would choose. 
How many's ever questioned God's timing in life at times? Lord, why is this happening right? Why now? Lord, we could have done this six months ago. We could do this in six months from now. Uh, but why are you choosing to do this now? But the reality is God needs to do some trimming. He needs to do some shaping. And listen, oftentimes he needs to do some chastising in our lives. Uh, he's the heavenly father. And he's the husbandman. He can do that. He has the right to do that. And he's doing it for our good. He has all the authority over the branches. Like a father who knows best for his child, God the Father knows what is best for us. God loves us too much to let us stray into danger. We would really harm ourselves if we were left to ourselves. Oftentimes we, we spread ourselves out into areas that we ought not be. We become prone to wander and run from his will. He brings us back to safety in an abiding relationship with Christ. That's the idea behind the, uh, the purging. Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11. If you want to turn there, we're going to read all these verses and <clears throat> maybe make a few comments as we read. But uh, it says this in Hebrews 12, verse 5. And ye, have forgotten the, or, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons? Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subject unto the Father of spirits and live? Boy, who submitted to their dad, to their mom, to their parents, in their direction? I know I did. I'll never forget the last whooping I got from my dad. I was an older teenager, and I wasn't expecting to get whooped. I thought, man, I'm beyond that. My dad said, no, you're an idiot, and you deserve this. <laughs> and I got that. And I, and I needed it. I deserved it. How much more ought we submit ourselves to God, the husband, in our lives? Yet oftentimes we want to push against it. Verse 10 says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. Listen to what it says about our God. But he for our profit. When God brings this in your life, it's not because he's just trying to be controlling and he wants you to fall in line with what he wants because that's what he wants. He's doing it for your profit, for your good, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present time seemed to be joyous, but grievous, right? We all have been there. We don't, we don't enjoy it. At the time I got that whooping from my dad, I did not want it. It was not good. It hurt. But it corrected a behavior. And it brought about a right relationship with another family member and my parents. And it's exactly what I needed. It was the chastening that I needed. But look what it says. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Who loves exercise? Uh, I do, but I'm lazy today. I don't have, the Air Force isn't making me do it anymore. And so um, I found that a lot of my exercise was only done because the Air Force was having me do it. But... Um, but listen, I want all the benefits of exercise. But if I'm too lazy to do it, 
I'm not going to experience those. Uh, listen, uh, I, I want to be able to run a marathon. But if I don't open the front door and step out and start at a mile and a half or two or three or four or five or ten, I'll never get there. Uh, we have to exercise this. And so uh, God wants to bring about this fruit of righteousness to make us holy and more like him. Uh, but sometimes we have to go through the difficult things. Uh, and in the context of that verse, it's chastisement. Because we're unwilling, we're stubborn, we're carnal. And we won't walk with our God otherwise. We're choosing to be out of line with God's will. And so God has to bring us in line. And he allows circumstances. And, and you, you, you could name, we could look at uh, so many examples in Scripture. We won't take the time to do that this morning. But how often in your life have you seen that when you went through a difficult time and the Holy Spirit said, hey, this is why you're experiencing this. I know I've been there. When I'm out of line of, with God and, and only God and I know that, hey, this circumstance that God brought into my life was to get my attention. And I would have never faced that if I would have just been obedient straight out the gate. I would have not had to gone through that hard time. I wouldn't have experienced that chastisement. Uh, but God needs to do that in our lives because we are carnal. We're stubborn. Uh, and we choose to do the wrong thing. A Christian who resists the Holy Spirit by repeatedly says no to God and refusing to yield to his will is forcing God to purge his life. If you continually, when God, listen, God speaks, if you're faithful to church, you cannot come to this church and listen to the preaching of our pastor and not learn something from the word of God and not gain something that God says, you know what, you ought to do better in that area. I, I don't, I, I, it's the word of God. It's quick and powerful. It's alive. It, it, it can point things out in your life. And so if you're under the preaching of the word of God, it's going to happen. But if you continue to say no to God, God's going to say, listen up. I got some hardships coming your way. I got some difficulties that you wouldn't have to go through otherwise if you would just be yielding and obedient to the word of God when it's preached. Listen, God desires for every Christian to bear fruit and to glorify him. That's the whole purpose of all this is to have that relationship and to bring glory to him. And if we're not going to do it willingly, as Christians, God's going to use chastisement to get our attention. Uh, and it will be difficult. Uh, listen, interestingly enough, those who are most likely to endure God's pruning are those who are already bearing fruit in their lives. Look at what it says. It says, for every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But look at what this says. And every branch that beareth fruit. So those that are already bearing fruit, those that are already fruitful, it says he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Listen, God's not happy with the status quo. God's not happy with your apathetic attitude or your mediocrity in the Christian life. If you're content doing whatever you're doing today, God wants you to do more. God wants you to be closer to him. And I'm not talking about checking the box and I read one chapter today, so I'm going to read two. You know, I've been reading one chapter a day for my life for the last 10 years. I need to read two for the next 10. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those things that God works in your life. Listen, we're good at getting the boxes checked. Listen, all of us today have soothed our conscience because we've checked the box of church attendance. And the reality is some people won't be back tonight because they checked the box this morning. And so I'm talking about a much deeper relationship and a much deeper working in your life than just uh, checking it off to soothe your conscience. I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, how do you respond? 
And you get, you get frustrated because, oh, I don't feel like I'm growing. You will grow as much as you want. God says if you draw nigh to him, he's going to draw nigh to you. And so if you truly want to learn of him, just, just ask. But you have to put yourself in a position uh, to do those things. And, and we'll get, I'll try to, I'm trying try not to get ahead of my notes, but I already am. So let me focus here. <clears throat> Listen, it's easy to assume that an individual living for himself would need some pruning. But here in this passage, the Bible is referring to someone who's already fruitful. Uh, those people that are already attending church. These are the choir members. These are the junior church workers, the Sunday school teachers, the people that faithfully bring their family into the house of God. These are people that are sincerely living for Christ. But God wants to take them to the next level. So even more so than anyone, the faithful godly Christian needs God's purging. And that might be through chastisement, but it doesn't always have to be through chastisement. God can purge you, and, and just as I said, as you hear the preaching of his word, as you read the word on, on your own individually, God can bring things out in your life, and if you would deal with them, you'll save yourself the chastisement. But that's still a purging process where God is trimming, and he's shaping the branch to be more like Christ. The Lord can prune even a faithful branch. In our text, it's really talking about that, those faithful people. He wants to increase, increase their fruitfulness. Do you desire to have more fruit? Or did you just come here? Yeah. My parents brought me to church. I guess I'm going to go to church. What's this Christian life all about to you? Is it just, mm, I was born into a Christian home, so here I am. God wants a much greater relationship than that. A much greater relationship. When you face hardships, remember that God only prunes for your profit, your betterment, and your productivity. He's trying to make you better. And when I say hardships, I'm not just talking about the chastisement. I'm talking about sometimes when God points something out in your life, it can be hard to deal with. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I was praying, and, and the Lord pointed something out, and I said, God, I don't want to deal with that. And he said, we're not going any further until we deal with it. It was hard. It wasn't easy. But praise God, it brings joy when you do. Boy, nothing like dropping that dead weight. The weight in, in the sin that besets us, right? Those, boy, when you let that weight off, oh, boy, you're ready to run the marathon. After you practice for a little bit or train. Listen, he's purging so that you can bear more fruit. And we can talk about the types of fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, the, uh, you know, the fruits of soul winning that we kind of talked about a little bit last week. But listen, I want to encourage you today to yield to the husbandman. You don't have to always go through chastisement. We often look at purging as chastisement. It's, I know a lot of times I've heard this, this passage preached, it's God's chastising you. I don't think it's always the case. Uh, certainly that's true at times. But I think if we would use ourselves to God and His Word, perhaps we would avoid some of those difficulties in this purging or pruning process. 
Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Well, we can deal with some things in our lives because God's made it clear in his word that those things ought to or ought not to be evident in the life in our lives. And we can cleanse our ways if we would just take heed to the word of God. And it would save us a lot of trouble. We can avoid some chastisement if we would cleanse ourselves by aligning ourselves with the law of liberty. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth him, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We can save ourselves a lot of trouble by just making application of God's word in our life. When it's preached, when we read it in our personal private study times, if we would just take the word of God and apply it, we don't have to go through chastisement. We don't have to go through the judgment, if you will. How many times has God been faithful to speak to your heart through his word? But you were negligent to make application. And then you faced chastisement. I can think of a couple, I won't share them publicly, but I can think of a couple times when God said, hey, you need to deal with this, and I refused. And there's one of them that brought a lot of heartache in my life. And it affected my family in a very negative way. And I'll never forget, God said, you need to deal with that. And I was like, I'm not going to deal with that yet. And God said, okay, you're not going to deal with it? Well, I'm going to make this known, and we're going to deal with it. And it was hard. But if I would have just dealt with it when God asked me to, it would have been a lot easier. It would have been for my profit and my good. But because I was stubborn and carnal, God said, okay, we'll do it. We'll tack this a different way. And we'll make it a little more hurtful and a little more painful for you. And boy, if I could go back and change that, I would. I think probably more often than we want to admit publicly, we face chastisement. When we really didn't need to, because if we would have just submitted to God to begin with, when he spoke to us through his word and we looked in the perfect law and and God said, listen, I want you to do something about that. Don't look in here and then just walk away. I beg you, look in here and and continue and, and make application and do what I'm asking you to do. But instead, we walk away with a booger hanging out of our nose and somebody's got to point it out and we go through chastisement. God's got to bring it up in a different manner. Listen, our God loves us. He's not trying to shame anybody. Not trying to make anybody look bad. Boy, but how oftentimes we get shamed or, or, or we're publicly made, something's made known because we didn't deal with it. But if we would have. And so don't blame God when things don't go. Uh, it was your fault. <clears throat> you must receive life-giving water of the word. Uh, most of us could probably quote Psalm 1. But how often do we make the application in our life? And I, this is a reoccurring theme in, in, in some of my stuff. But, uh, but Psalm 1.3 says this, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His early fall shall, shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And that's based on verse 2. And what does it say? Nobody knows? You guys are tough. Boy, 
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the God, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Then we get verse 3. So it's all based on the word of God. When we take the word of God and we, we meditate in it and we apply it to our lives, then we can be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. How utterly foolish would it be for us to think that a tree could survive without water? And it's even more absurd to think that someone can try bearing fruit apart from God's word. Listen this morning, you must be planted in the church where the water of the word and God's or the water of God's word runs freely. Listen, and you must spend time daily in God's word to satisfy your need for spiritual nourishment. You need the word of God in your life. You're not going to be fruitful without God's word. You need it. God, the Heavenly Father, the husband is very concerned about anything in our lives that is unfriendly to him and to our fruitless or to fruitlessness as Christians. Those things, I think, get God's attention. Sometimes we're just so apathetic or disconnected from God's word that we go on in life and we don't even realize that the things that are taking place in our life are creating a division between us and our God. Maybe our conscience is seared in certain areas. Listen, if there's pride, he wants to purge it. Listen, if there's hurt, he wants to heal it. It's not all about just cutting everything away that you enjoy. God loves you. He, he wants to hurt or heal your hurts. Uh, if there's burdens, he wants to bear them. God desires for you to bear fruit even in purging. Listen, he is he's preparing you for greater blessings and victories. He, he's doing a work that you don't know not of. We're so short-sighted, we don't even think of that. If you're serious about bearing fruit, he needs to purge anything that is drawing your affection from him. Those things, listen, oftentimes hurts and those things, they distract us. Because we haven't dealt with them and we haven't taken them to God and, and allowed Him to heal us and, and to do a work there. Listen, whether it's chastisement or the quick, powerful Word of God working in our heart to purge things that need removed, it can be hard at times to bear this. It can be challenging. Uh, we can go through challenging times in our life. And James gives us some encouragement in James chapter 1. Verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Uh, James here is just encouraging those Christians at Jerusalem not to run during times of purging. Don't run from God. Often during trials, we are tempted to turn away from God and return to old friends or old lifestyles. We are tempted to return to the sinful habits and to the fleshly life that we once did instead of abiding faithfully in the Word of God. Keeping a sensitive heart and abiding in Christ, we are tempted to withdraw from God. Listen, don't withdraw from God when He brings things out in your life. No matter how challenging, no matter how difficult that thing that God wants you to deal with is, don't withdraw from Him. Listen, God's not going to force His work in you. He's not going to cram it down your throat. You must allow it. 
how else is a relationship going to work? I can put Cindy in a headlock and say, tell me you love me. <laughs> and she's probably going to say that because she doesn't like to not have oxygen. <laughs> but the reality is, if I love her as the word of God commands me to love her, it's going to be a lot easier for her to reciprocate that. God has loved us to death. To death, he's loved us. But we need to allow him to work in our lives. When you run from God during a time of purging, you're restricting the eventual fruit bearing that he would produce in your life. So when you resist God, whether through continued chastisement or, or when he speaks to you in his word and when God's trying to prune or, or purge some things in your life and you restrict him by not being submissive and yielding to what he wants you to do, you're affecting the crop, the harvest. Because remember, God's doing it for your profit and your good. And I like fruit. I want to bear fruit. But the fruit is not going to be there if you don't allow God to do the pruning and the purging in your life. Do you desire to bear greater fruit for Christ? I hope that's your desire this morning. Are you willing to endure the present purging to fulfill a greater purpose? Will let patience have its perfect work? Just allow God to continue to work and, and be submissive to Him? Uh, let the strength of Christ flow into your heart through your abiding relationship. Listen, the purging that you face now will only yield a greater reward at harvest time. But if you resist, and you know, you cannot resist God. He's bigger than you. He's stronger than you. He has greater capacity than you. And so you can try to resist. And he won't force you. But he can turn the temperature up. He can make the chastisement a little more difficult. Gradually. Do you doubt that God has your good in mind? Is that why you resist? Well, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. God has only your good and what's best for you in mind. And so anytime God brings chastisement in your life, anytime God speaks to you through his word to adjust and to change some things, it's only because he loves you. And so if you would just yield to him, and submit your will to his and surrender whatever he's asking of you, it will be for your good. 100% of the time. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you that you love us enough, Lord, that you would purge. And Lord, that you would send us through trials and, and difficulties. And Lord, and I'm thankful that you've given us your word that we might look into it, Lord, and see what we ought to be doing and what we ought not to be doing. And if we would just make application of it, Lord, that you would bless us for that. And I pray this morning that each one of us would be yielding to what you have for us. 
Lord, I pray that as we move into the morning service that you would take your word and that you would put it on the exact, same, the exact thing that's in our life that's hindering our walk with you. And I pray, Lord, that we would deal with it today. I pray that those that don't know Christ today, that they would turn to him and be saved. And I pray, Lord, for Christians this morning that whatever you have chosen to work on in their life this morning, that they would be surrendered and yielded to what you would do. And I pray, Lord, that you would take our church and bind us together in unity, that we might go forth and do more for the cause of Christ than ever before. And we'll give you the thanks for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.